Would you consider yourself a patient person? Well, I'm Julie Bastida, and this is The Christian Working Woman. We've all heard the saying, patience is a virtue, and today Lisa Bishop is going to talk about patience and how to cultivate more of it in our lives. That's right, Julie. You know, we're familiar with that well-known expression, and we know that patience is also a Christ-like characteristic. Mm. As followers of Jesus, we're called to exercise patience in our lives as we put Jesus on display. And at the same time, while we're aware that we're to practice this virtue, admittedly, it's also something we can find hard to exhibit. At least I know I can. I can't tell you how many times I have lacked patience and I've prayed for more of it. <laughs> well, I'm with you. I, I would consider myself a pretty calm and even-keeled person most of the time, but hmm. there are times when my lack of patience can get the best of me. It's something we all need to grow in. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, from those minor inconveniences to life, just not going the way that we plan. I think it's super easy to fall into being reactive or restless especially in the midst of hardship or uncertainty. So true. Well, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to being reminded of the importance of cultivating such an important part of our Christian character. Thanks, Julie. So a few weeks ago, I spent the day with my cousin Jessica at the Art Institute of Chicago. And if you haven't been, I highly recommend it. And I'm definitely not an art aficionado, but I do value culture in creating memorable experiences. You know, my love language is quality time after all. So getting to spend the day with my cousin, it just really, it filled my tank. Well, as we were walking through the halls of what is hailed to be one of the largest art museums in the world, we came across the Canova exhibit. It showcased the work of Antonio Canova, who's said to be the most celebrated European artist of his time and is renowned for his marble statues that convey a sense of, quote, ideal beauty with remarkable lifelikeness. As I walked through the exhibit, I just marveled at the intricacies of the marble statues on display. And they had an exhibit with a video playing in the background. And this video was demonstrating the process of creating the beautiful statues from start to finish. It essentially showed what it looks like for an artist with his tools to carefully chip away at what to the eye looks to be just a block of marble until a beautiful masterpiece would eventually appear. As with many artists before even one strike of the chisel, Canova he already saw what the marble would become. His vision for the piece was already determined. It would just take time and sometimes a painstaking process to bring this masterpiece to life until ultimately revealing every predetermined, beautiful, and meticulous detail. Now, one of the the famous sculptures, it was called Cupid's Kiss, and it's said to have taken six years to create. I can only imagine the amount of patience it must have taken over the span of those six years to see this vision come to reality. You know, one dictionary definition describes patience as the ability to wait or to continue doing something despite difficulties or to suffer without complaining or being annoyed. And I'm going to be the first to raise my hand and say that many times I have failed the patience test. Yet the Bible tells us that patience It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And as you mature in your faith, you're to grow in patience. And growing in patience is rarely easy. But in order to grow in this Christ-like character, it often means being in a situation that requires it. I know at times I've prayed for patience only to be met with a situation or, shall I say, opportunity (laughs) that was the means to produce the fruit of the Spirit in me. 
Can you relate? Well, the Greek word translated to patience in the New Testament means the characteristic of a person who is not swerved from his or her deliberate purpose or loyalty to faith by even the greatest trials and sufferings. So I have a question for you. What's an area of your life that may be currently trying your patience? Is there something you desire or something you've been waiting for, and it just seems like it's taking forever? What might be a situation in your life that's requiring steadfastness, faithfulness, and endurance? See, when you're presented with circumstances that warrant patience, your faith can be tested. But God in his faithfulness, he's going to produce something really beautiful in the waiting. I was talking to a friend the other day, and she was describing what she calls the messy middle. Her life and her career, they'd been taking one direction, when all of a sudden, it took a massive detour that she just didn't see coming. And now for the past three years, she's been in this process of waiting and really wondering what God's doing. What's your messy middle? Maybe you've been out of work and you're waiting for a job so you can relieve the financial strain and provide for your family. Maybe you're waiting for a prodigal kid to come home or a friendship to be restored or maybe the redemption of a broken marriage. We all find ourselves in seasons of waiting, and our lives at times can feel like that unformed block of marble, and we wonder, how will God take this mess and make it a masterpiece? Now, I'm not sure what you may be patiently or impatiently waiting for, but I do know this. God sees you. And just as the artist Canova had a vision for his artwork and what it would ultimately become, God, your Father, the ultimate all-knowing creator, he's got a plan, and he will bring purpose from the circumstances you currently find yourself in. While you may not know what's ahead, God does. You can trust him as he lovingly and carefully molds you and shapes you in this season. The chiseling and forming and the waiting, it's not always going to feel comfortable, but you can rely on God to create beauty and use everything for your good and for his glory. And I know it's sometimes hard to really believe when you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel or the end of the story, but that's really where the rubber hits the road in your faith. And holding on to the promise that God is trustworthy, you can be certain that he is working in your circumstances. I had lunch with a really good friend of mine, Nancy, a few weeks ago, and as I reflected on her life and all the trauma and the disappointment and pain she's experienced, I told her she reminded me of a modern-day Job, the loss of three children, the death of two husbands, and those were just some of the things that she's experienced in her life. But I know how she perseveres and lives with joy in the midst of life's hardships. Her hope is truly in Jesus, and she keeps her eyes securely fixed on him. She's really an example of a woman of genuine faith. You know, a few days after we met for lunch, Nancy sent me a text that said, you and I were talking briefly about stuff that happens in our life, what God's purpose is. 1 Peter 1.7 is one of the answers to why, along with Romans 8.28 and 29. Now, the First Peter verse she referred to says this, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. 1 Peter 1.7 reminds us of the power of approaching our struggles and trials with faith and patience and perseverance. 
that patience in the messy middle and the hardships of life will try you. Practicing patience and trusting God will prove your faith genuine and result in the praise of your faith. Now listen, this does not mean you're not allowed to lament your pain. It would be really inauthentic to grin and bear it. But Jesus wants to bear your burdens, and he invites you to be honest about your thoughts and feelings in the process. Romans 8, 28 and 29, they're all too familiar verses, but I think we often neglect to remember and believe what they say. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. In the middle of a mess, when your patience is tested, when you wonder why is this happening or what are you doing, God, this is when your faith is revealed. And my friend Nancy and her searching for her why to what happens in her life, this is her response. She says, sometimes it helps me to have a reason. God's reason. You see, she's unwavering in knowing that God is good and for her good. Patience really requires faith that God's perfect will will prevail in your life, even when it's painful. And let me just take a minute to say that God doesn't cause your pain. He doesn't delight in seeing you suffer. Yet somehow in his divine power, he's going to take everything that happens and use it for good. In his providence, he's going to be beauty and purpose and meaning out of everything because he's the God of redemption. That's his his nature. That's his character. He'll take trials and he'll lovingly use them to conform you more and more into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. I think a a real common misconception, especially for new believers, it's it's that God's going to solve all your problems. He's going to keep you from pain. And he's just going to fill your life with just blessings and joy. And if this were true, The Apostle Paul would not have urged Christians to rejoice in hope, be faithful and patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. I don't think we like suffering because it calls for patience. And at the same time, you're promised that it will produce something. Romans 5 says not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And Hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. When Paul says to rejoice in your suffering, he's not imploring you to enjoy your pain and hurt and that somehow you should be glad when trials happen. The key of this verse is the hope you have in Jesus, that you can have confidence that even when your circumstances are discouraging, God is in control. The Apostle Paul practices the patience that he preached. We know the stories told of his imprisonment, and while he didn't have a Pollyanna positive approach to unpleasant conditions, we do know he maintained that Romans 8.28 perspective. So the question is this, how can you grow the Holy Spirit fruit of patience in your life in the midst of undesirable circumstances? Well, here are a few suggestions, and mind you, I'm coaching myself as much as I'm exhorting you. The first Don't squander your time. There are so many times in my life that I spent more time complaining than exercising patience and standing in the confidence of God. And now I vowed that when difficulties or uncertainties come my way, I want to be able to look back and say, I stood firmly grounded and rooted in my faith. When you're in a challenging season, recall God's character 
Ask him to help you focus your gaze on him and look for the ways that he's with you and for you and shaping you in his image. Second, spend time in God's word. Now, I know this seems like faith 101, but how often are you meditating on the word of God? Our default can be to dig into God's word when things get rough, but to really grow in Christ and fortify your faith? Investing time in God's word, it's really a non-negotiable. So I'll state the obvious. Make dwelling in scripture a regular rhythm, not just in times when you think you need it, because the truth is you need God's truth daily. Third, be grateful. Here's another thing I think we're familiar with, but we don't really practice a lot. And find at least one thing every day you can be thankful for. You might even consider keeping a gratitude journal and beginning your morning or ending your day just listing all the ways that God provided for you that day. And then the fourth thing is praise. When you're in the middle of a situation or a season that requires perseverance, it's time to put on the praise music. Putting yourself in a posture of praise, it's going to elevate your mood and your perspective on your circumstances. And listen, cultivating patience takes practice. So be intentional in making growing in the fruit of the Spirit your goal, and remember to give yourself grace in the process. Ask the Holy Spirit for His help. I don't think we call on the Holy Spirit nearly enough when Jesus tells us that He is our strength and our counselor, our wisdom, and our guide. The Holy Spirit is eager to make His presence known and display His power in your life. So remember that God sees you. When you persevere and trust in Him, you will see how He makes the messy middle into a masterpiece as he grows your faith and produces his character in you. Thanks, Lisa, for reminding us about the importance and process of patience. Did you know that you can find The Christian Working Woman on YouTube? Each week you'll discover new content to help you grow personally and professionally. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you never miss a video. Well, I'm Julia Busteed, hoping you were encouraged through this week's program of The Christian Working Woman, and we'll see you next week.